0: A new format for ODP, a slew of Texas tournaments, and a little NCAA water polo on today's abbreviated TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin, and Joe Lanahan is with us via Skype. How are you, Joe?
1: I'm good, James. You doing okay?
0: <laughs> I'm doing um I'm wiped out. I uh, had a unfortunate trip to the emergency room yesterday. Apparently, I'm far more allergic to ants than I ever suspected. And so for those who don't know what anaphylaxis is, go ahead and look that up. But I'm pretty wiped out. So today, we're going to keep things a little bit short, even though I'm hanging in there. But thank you for asking.
1: Yeah, you got to get better for the ODP camp this upcoming Sunday.
0: ODP. That's right. So um, for those who may not know, I'm the head coach for the boys for the Southwest Zone. My colleague Chris Cullen is the coach for the girls. For ODP, ODP is a national program, um, obviously sponsored by USA Water Polo, in which they're trying to both educate and evaluate players all over the country. The idea is that it uh, creates a pipeline of talent that goes toward the national team programs, but also simply to expand the sport and teach people what they're, what the, um, teach them methods that the USA Water Polo finds to be successful. So... This Sunday, our first camp of the year is at UT in Austin. Uh, By the way, registration is still open. You can find that information at, uh, well, you can find it at USA Water Polo, but there's also a Southwest Zone specific site. It's uh, odpswz.wordpress.com. So if anybody's interested in this, uh, still registering for this Sunday, they can do so. Yeah, and uh, there are
1: additional camps later on, correct? Correct.
0: Two more camps. November 31 we'll be at the Louisville ISD. It's the West Side Louisville ISD West Side Swim Center, right? The, the really good new one. And then December 1 at, at Sci Fair, which has been really good to us over the past couple of years. So um, those are obviously wide
1: open, and
0: uh, we're, we're uh, looking forward
1: to both of them. Yeah, and those. Just to let everybody know, those that is over Thanksgiving weekend, so just plan accordingly. And as far as I know, and James, you can correct me, um, these camps are for skill development. They're not uh, tryouts. They're for skill development. Kids uh, kids can come and learn about the sport. Now, they will be selecting teams for the Southwest Zone ODP teams, and there will be some trips in 2020. But the primary reason of these camps are skills and drills, correct? That is right. Um, the we want to be balanced
0: about what it is that we're trying to get done. So primarily, athletes and families should view this as a as a camp where they can come and learn very quickly from very talented coaches from all over the state, from all over the the country as well. Um, and you are right. So the idea is also to evaluate and then select players to play on a variety of teams and what this year's why this year might be the most important uh, since i started uh, in 2015 is that we're going to participate in a west region championship tournament in utah in january and so those rosters and they are multiple rosters have expanded greatly from what we're t- what we typically have we'll, we'll have per age group we have We have the capacity to field two different teams per age group, so that's you know 28 athletes possibly, Um, and they'll we'll we'll go to Utah. We'll compete against all the other uh, regions from uh, the West, not including California. And so and then that will also be used as an evaluation for who goes to national championships. So the format has changed and actually in a a way that really helps us as coaches, but also gives our athletes way more opportunity to to compete.
1: Yeah. And then with the expanded rosters, aren't there so y'all also doubled in size as far as your coaching staff as well? Yep,
0: we added seven coaches this year. It's been very good. And that just means
1: that it's not only seven coaches on the trips, but it's also seven coaches at the camps. Correct. More eyes on the kids. Yeah. To learn. And yeah, like, like, like the skills and their understanding of the sport. Plus, can't just uh like you know, like kind of club coaches or high school coaches that aren't involved in ODP they can come and attend and learn too right they can come and watch yep as long as they're yep exactly if they if they and especially
0: when these national team coaches show up i remember Gavin Arroyo came a couple uh yeah a year ago um and he he's like a guru as far as i'm concerned and and he had the attention of a lot of local club coaches which was great and but yeah they can show up they can observe how we do these things this program is very technical meaning body position th- that kind of level of detail um and so i know that there have been many coaches that i've spoken to who said oh i didn't realize that was the degree to which you had to teach kids what to do in the pool so um it's a, it's a it's a great little, pro, little, it's a great program that I've been involved in for a while. And luckily I had a very good mentor who prepared me for that. Well, you're one of my mentors, but Sasha Poltonitsky from uh, Ukraine is also another. He, he taught me all the methods that we, that we happen to use for ODP.
1: I think we work together. I don't know about a, a mentor, but thank you. I appreciate it. You hired it. me. So there you but, go. Um, but yeah, just, and it's not necessarily technical skills, but it's, basic fundamental skills right but they're broken down to the basic elements yes and just to remind everybody the austin camp is this weekend on on sunday september 22nd at the ut swim center um the other two camps in the southwest zone are saturday november 31st at the lasd west side natatorium and sunday december 1st at the sci fair natatorium in northwest houston yeah So and uh you can go to uh, org to get and sign up or you can go to yeah what's that website again James? it
0: is odpswz.wordpress.com
1: yeah and then another another opportunity for athletes to learn and get out there is usa waterpolo puts on their holiday camp their annual kind of kind of holiday camps each uh, each december and this is and i've been involved with usa waterpolo f- you know you know for 25 years and this is a great camp this is one of the great things that usa water Polo has done throughout the years this is this has been going on this is uh like the holiday camp is at the u.s olympic training center in colorado springs this is um this has been going on since the mid 80s it was started by uh dennis fosdick and stan sprague Wow, there's a Texas um, and, legend right there. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And for those that don't know, Dennis Fochek also coached Texas A&M in the seventies. The but um, they, yeah, but they started these holiday camps back in the eighties. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of near and dear to my heart because I actually went to that camp as a student. Wow. And then I went back, uh, kind of to that camp as a student coach or like a coach that's on staff there, for um, back in the nineties. And then I went back as a staff coach. Then I actually helped, uh, and then I was uh, uh, running the camp back in the late 2000s. Whenever Stan Sprague stepped down, right, and then I helped transition it to the ODP program. Wow. So, I mean, this is, I mean, this is truly a great experience. They've doubled in size over like over the last ten years. There's a boys' camp, and then there's a girls' camp. Uh, they, I think it's up to like eight to ten athletes from each zone. So there's a hundred plus athletes at each camp. And then they will take as many coaches as, as want to come and attend. So, and, and I say coach, I mean, student coaches. Mm-hmm. And you go to the USA war um, kind of the ODP and a kind of kind of holiday camp, uh, website. And the deadline I, I believe to apply for that camp <laughs> is October 15th. So please go do that. And I highly recommend that for, athletes that and it's normally 7th and 8th grade uh boys and girls that are selected um and uh, uh coaches that want to learn i we highly i highly rev, i cannot recommend it any higher go right. to those learn um there yeah and there's and there's even a, a kind of a referee component which Angela Uno and uh, and John Ryan Meyer will be getting the information out to our area referees about that as well right so i mean it has really strong texas connections yeah, it's great. I mean, this is a this is a, this is a, this is a this is a great camp. So I would not be able to hire. And there's other camps out there. We, I mean, I, I know a, a lot of clubs are bringing different people in. Um, they, they have different camps. Yeah, from splash ball camps all the way up to they bring like you know Janai Curran kind of during the year at different times. Um, I know Pegasus and uh, and uh, Thunder are kind of kind of working together and with Tony Azevedo's group to do uh, some spring break camps. So the more camps, the better, the more learning that's going on. Is, yeah, it just shows that our athletes are invested in the sport. The parents are invested in the sport and it, and it just keeps growing here in our state, in, in our zone. That's right. Um, and that's uh, one thing that I'm behind on for the website is to
0: put together a list of camps that are ongoing so that people can come to a single spot and find out where they can do so in the state of Texas. All right. All right. Time for a quick break. Let's uh, let's do that. And we'll be right back.
1: Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's water programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Waterpillow, I always listen to TX Waterpillow Podcast.
0: It's James and Joe on the TX Waterpillow Podcast. Okay, we, we have a ton of tournaments this fall, Joe, and one of them was just completed, uh, the Armadillo Classic that's hosted by Thunder. Um, I was unable to go, unfortunately, so what can you tell us about that?
1: I was, it was hosted at Thunder. It's normally hosted in Southlake, but the Southlake pool is closed for right now for renovations. But So they hosted it at the Keller ISD and auditorium. And it was great. They had three courses going. Um, they had divisions from 12 and under all, like, all the way up to 18 and under. I think there were like 33 teams. There were a ton of games on both days. I think they even went till 10 o'clock at night on Saturday. Whoa. They even had the Raiders Water Polo Club from Miami that Oh, year. yeah.
0: I did notice that, yeah.
1: So – Overall, I thought it was a great event. Uh, in the in 1800 girls, it was Viper Pigeons that took first with Thunder Black uh, second. 1800 boys, it was the Viper Pigeon took first with Thunder taking second. In the 1600 boys, it was Pegasus first with Thunder second. Uh, with, in the 1400 co-ed, it was Southside first and Thunder Black second. And in 12 and under co-ed, it was, uh, it was Trident first and Thunder second. So. All
0: right. Yeah. A huge success, actually. I mean, and and uh, and good indicator for the rest of the season. So, what else is on the the calendar upcoming, and uh, and what's not on the calendar upcoming?
1: Yeah, we uh, this upcoming weekend is the H Town Showdown, which is being uh, kind of hosted by the Hops Water Polo Club, which is a masters event. They have a men's and women's tournament, um, or the men's and women's divisions. It's going to be played in um, in Pearland. I think they have ten men's teams and. Five women's teams played over two days on Saturday and, and yeah in Sunday. This is again Hops is hosting it, which is the which is the local master's team in Houston. So I think it's going to be a, a great event. Right. We're all involved.
0: And uh, one of only two masters or masters specific tournaments that are taking place this fall. So uh, I, I know having started a masters program at our club, it's been uh, very popular. They want they they simply want more tournaments. So this is filling the bill.
1: Yeah. And for those that are, I mean, the other master's tournament is November 9th and 10th. It's going to be hosted by Pegasus Water Polo Academy at the SMU and Auditorium. So. Right.
0: Um, what else? So, uh, I, I, think, uh, Octopolo Fest got canceled. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. It got canceled. I mean, they were using a brand new pool that just opened up. It's just not, it's just not ready for a, a tournament yet. So they decided to postpone that for uh, until next year. Okay. But, um, but overall, you know, um, we are gonna be having some competitions that week and I think there's gonna be some local competitions and game days going on, whether it's in Austin, San Antonio, yes. and Houston. Um, but there's also gonna be the champs the USA Warpole Champions Cup Southwest zone qualifier is gonna be that Sunday, October sixth. Okay. Got it. And that'll be because the reason we have to have that is because our zone gets two slots in yeah, in the in in the champions cup, which mm-hmm. is a national event that's being played at the UH, UH campus Recreation Center on November eighth, 9th, and tenth, for its and it's specifically for a fourteen hundred slash eighth grade and under athletes. Mm-hmm. And they have a separate boys and a, and a separate girls division. So we so so we had two slots per gender for the Southwest Zone. For the boys, we had three teams that entered that event. Right. So we had Pegasus Water Polo Academy, uh, uh, Thunder and Southside. Yeah, that entered. So okay. those. So those three teams are going are to come play on Sunday, October 6th to play it out. And then the top two teams are going to get the representative zone at the at, at the national event in November in Houston. So,
0: Great stuff. Um, uh, well, I mean, that but there's much more to be said about the rest of the calendar for the fall, but I think we can hold off on that for until next week. But, yeah, that's great stuff and let people know what's going on. And so we'll take another short break, um, but don't go anywhere. Have you noticed that there are no advertisements for dental care or online recruiting services on the TX Water Polo Podcast? Same with the website. No pop-ups, no banner ads. Well, we'd like to keep it that way, so we're asking for your support. Your donation will help us with new equipment, better sound quality, interesting writers, and maybe even improve podcast hosts. So to help us expand and improve our coverage of the sport and state we love, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate. That's txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate and be sure to subscribe to the pod on apple google stitcher spotify or radio public and give us a good rating if you like what you hear hi i'm u.s olympian janai kerr and when i need to stay up to date with my water pole news in texas i listen to the tx water pole podcast james and joe wrapping up in a Podcast: A couple of notes from the NCAA. First is that Austin College is heading to Davis this weekend. They play um, and have several teams in, a, in addition to Cal Baptist, who is having a good start to their season. And Zach Lowry, a uh, young player from Fort Worth, was voted the WWPa Player of the Week last week. So this is a pretty big honor for a Texan. But um, let's go over their their schedule or yeah, uh, they
1: games. Yeah, they have a pretty tough slate there. They have Cal Baptist on, on Friday, and then I think they get a short little break, and then they play the University of the Pacific, which uh, I don't know exactly what they're, they're ranked, but I'm sure they're in the top ten somewhere. Oh, yes. And then on Saturday, they're playing Whittier, and then on Saturday night, they're playing Santa Clara. So it, it'll be a tough little stretch uh, of uh, challenging games, but I am sure Mark Lawrence is getting his guys ready to go. Yeah, I'll bet they're leaving tomorrow. Santa Clara has not had a very strong
0: start to the season, so that is a that is a potential little slip-up for them. Uh, Austin College could actually give them a bit of a challenge. Um, the other news out of the NCAA is really related to UC Santa Barbara. They've started very hot. They're 9-0. They beat USC pretty soundly this last weekend. They beat Cal the weekend prior. I put up a piece on TotalWaterPolo.com. Go check that out about um, what this might mean. And the real question is, um, or the issue is, does it actually matter that people really are uh, rooting for a team other than what are traditionally called the top four winning the NCAA championship? I think that people are aching for some variety. So they're hanging their hats on Santa Barbara even if, oh, only after two weeks.
1: Yeah. For those that don't know, the big four are uh, is the University of California at Berkeley, um, UCLA, uh, USC and Stanford. Those have historically been the big the, or the big four programs in both men and, men's and women's NCAA Waterfall. And they've pretty much won every NCAA championship that everyone for the women's side and then most of them on the men's side with a periodic yeah. one here or there on the men's side. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of people. I mean, I know I remember I was watching the game in streaming whenever UOP was playing. Yes. Uh, uh, USC um in what 2013 I guess and they oh, went yeah. into overtime in the championship game and that was only after about three different exclusions against UOP in the last minute of the fourth quarter so yeah I I mean I was cheering for UOP so I yeah just count me as one of the people that is cheering for the underdog sure I was
0: I was there at that game at the, and it was uh it was one of the best games I've ever seen actually um but it became clear as I wrote at the time that uh, USC has had this sort of sense that they could do anything, that they could beat anyone. And I spoke to a very highly prominent coach after the game who said, Yeah, UOP is just not ready to win. Like they just didn't seem prepared for it. So, um, it, but it was a very, very tough loss.
1: How can you not be uh, prepared for it? They, I mean, they, uh, they lost in overtime. <laughs> yeah. He and his, had some questionable calls against them in the fourth quarter. Kind of, yeah. Well, Kind of, kind of when they were winning in the fourth quarter. Right. So. But you could argue that you have to overcome
0: those kinds of obstacles. And they had USC on the ropes and they allowed back in with a couple goals at the time. But that was, that was a great year actually for the sport altogether. And people still remember that team quite well. But It does remind you that the last time a team not in the top four or of the big four won was 1997. So that's Pepperdine. The only teams that have ever won an NCAA championship that are not part of the big four are UC Santa Barbara won once. Irvine won three. And Pepperdine, I believe, is just one. So that's it. Yeah. I think people are looking for some variety. So anyway, we'll keep following Santa Barbara as they go along. But
1: uh, I think we're done for the day, don't you, yep. Joe? Yeah, James. I hope you uh, feel better and so I'll do, do I. This weekend on Sunday at the at the ODP camp. So, yeah, okay. looking forward to seeing a
0: bunch of people there um, that haven't seen in a while, and uh, to seeing hopefully getting a whole bunch of new kids to come show up as well. Um, so anyway, thank you for listening to us. Um, if you like what you hear, give us a good rating on whichever platform you use off the deck is back that podcast so um and you can listen to them uh, to the nearside low to cross Prat, cross pass podcast and you can find all of those on our homepage. and of course we want to hear from you pod at txwaterpolo.com twitter at txwaterpolo facebook txwaterpolo instagram tx underscore water polo and on the web at txwaterpolo.com joe linehan we're done with another one thank you very much yeah sounds good Jim. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening and for telling a friend about the TX Waterpool podcast. Until next week, so long from Austin. The you to me. Take a chance on us, of Together we'll fly